Hi everyone, welcome to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast, episode 20, uh, where we will be covering today lesson 24 and 25, which are the two final lessons wow. of the Herzog Masterclass. Of course, I'm joined by Clark Coffee, as always. How are you? <laughs> as always. Hey, Cullen. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun one. This one actually is, ah, you know, we've be been talking one. about specifically documentary for the past few right. lessons, and... Um, now we get to talk what I think is really a great way to kind of end this section of our podcast, which is, which is all about career strategy. It's all about life as a filmmaker. So not necessarily yeah. the techniques or anything like that, but rather but a lot of a lot yeah. of like a mix of pra- practical, pragmatic mm-hmm. strategies and uh, philosophy, which is yeah. kind of I feel like what you know this whole podcast thus far has been. And you know one of the things that I really love about Herzog's masterclass in general is that you know I find his philosophy on art his philosophy on filmmaking uh is is quite uh helpful for me you know he herzog talks about you know and we're going to get into this but he talks about one of the ways that you deal with rejection and and life as a filmmaker uh is to fill yourself with philosophy i love that he uses that word with poetry and philosophy but this herzog's kind of philosophy is a big part of what i use to fill myself up when i'm feeling down but yeah, it, even though we're in the last couple lessons of Herzog's Masterclass, it is important to note that it is not going to be the last episode of the podcast. Yes. So yeah. I'm really excited about, you know, not that not that following these lessons hasn't been fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, but it's pretty exciting that we get to move forward in a new path now. Yeah. We're, we're still... Uh, focusing on cinema and utilizing Herzog's uh, output, so to speak, uh, as a jumping off point to, to study film and the philosophy of cinema and filmmaking. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're going to we're going to we've got some interviews that we're going to line up people who've ta- uh, worked with Herzog. We've got uh, his films. Yeah, we're going to go through his films. I think it's also important films. to note yeah. if you are interested in us talking about a specific topic, um, then reach out to us uh, via Facebook or email or whatever. Right. And please, yeah, to let us know. We're totally we've got Twitter, open. we've got Instagram as well. So all the, you know, all the, the messaging socials. is open. All the so, socials. So yeah, let, message us on there and, and let us know if you, like, there's a topic that you really want to yeah. talk. Of course, you know, especially considering that it's only us doing this. It's only us two. We don't have a team of anyone. Right. Um, that we, well, you, you know, don't. there's, there's, I, I've yeah, got a I whole, guess you've got your, you've got your I, whole production I, team. I've got staff a whole over production there. team here. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think it's it's important to note that we can kind of again make these decisions and we don't have we don't have like set times that we go no like it, it must be 50 minutes so you know we might <laughs> if there's an if there's an interesting topic that only takes us 25 minutes to cover we'll you know it. we might do yeah exactly we might do that so and then we'll sing show tunes for the re- other yes, yeah 25 exactly. minutes or so to we'll round out the, the podcast but yeah we're hello, totally open hello my baby hello my honor. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, but, I would, we're totally open. And, and, and yeah. hey, you know what? If you just want to say nice things to us, uh, you know, we're totally open to that, too. And I guess, God honestly, knows we if, need you, it. if you even <laughs> want to say mean things, I mean, you know, uh, maybe you should reevaluate your life. But no, mm-hmm, but but, mm-hmm. but helpful <laughs> criticisms we're sure, certainly open to. But, yes, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I think these two lessons are going to be fun. And it's yeah. really exciting that we get to, to tackle some some different content moving forward. So yeah, I guess well, with that out of the way, let's talk out of the way, about let's do it. Yeah. Uh, the first point he makes, which again is something that he kind of reiterates several times through the whole masterclass be, about right. be your own film school. Be your own film um, school. Film schools you know, around the world just love Werner Herzog. I yes, think <laughs> he's the he's the yeah, he's their spokesperson. But I know. but I mean I think that the the you know what we've said again is is quite in line with that. Um, for those of you who don't know, who, you know, I've mentioned this a few times, but maybe might be missed or forgotten. But so I, I do teach a film class to high school oh, students. You traitor. Um, you traitor. Exactly. I know. How dare I? But I, of course, <laughs> always naturally, because they're like most of my students are either, you know, finishing Younger. high school or in early high school. Yeah. Um, I inevitably get a lot of questions about film school because these kids are naturally moving on to that stage of their life right um so i get this question all the time about like do i go to film school did you go to film school did blah 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 blah, blah. um i neither me or you went to film school correct um and but what i always say is like i'm not quite on the anti the total anti-film school st- stance that that herzog's on mm-hmm. i'm more um i think that like for me had i gone to film school i don't think i would have gotten value out of it um, yeah. because so much of it was, uh, so much of what I spent my life doing before, 
you know, I had the opportunity to go to any film schools was was doing exactly what they teach you um, in self-teaching. But there are a lot of people who either don't have the opportunity to do that um, or don't have the, you know, I was lucky enough to have friends that were really into film so I could make movies with them. There are some people that don't have that. uh, Or access to equipment or absolutely. You know, I think. uh, I think some of the, you know, some of the things that Herzog points out, I think are important to reiterate here. I mean, just that, you know, generally speaking, any film school that you're going to go to of any decent repute uh, is going to be very expensive. Yeah. Uh, At least to me, I I guess, you know, um, you know, obviously this is going to be relative depending on a person's specific financial situation, but. Mm -hmm. And I mean, especially geographically too. Um, It's a, yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, and, uh, and I, I do believe that in today's day and age, there is a, you know, there's, there's a tremendous amount of information available to most of us. If you have access to a computer and the internet, you have access to an extraordinary wealth of information, um, yes. in regards yeah. to, you know, the technical logistical app, you know, uh, aspects of filmmaking and Herzog mentions in this lesson, it's like, Hey, you know, you can learn the, the, the fundamentals of the of filmmaking in a couple of weeks. And I think, you know, if, if you consider essentials, you know, kind of like the bare bones of, you know, how do you turn on a camera and how do you operate it? And, and what know, are the different I, shot types of things like two that? Two weeks yeah. is a little short. I think it's going to take you a little bit longer if you're actually, you know, going to operate camera, you're, you know, uh, yeah. you're going to be editing, you're going to work in some kind of post-production. I mean, it, it's going to take you a little more than two weeks. But I, I think for the most part, this kind of stands, you know, you can certainly learn how to operate a camera. You can learn the fundamentals of how to set up shots you can learn the fundamentals of kind of story structure and writing um quite quickly and quite for free (laughs) and 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 there are software options available for free or very Mm -hmm. low cost that you can use to edit your own work uh, at home there's tons of tutorial videos for how to use this software uh and then heck at the end of it all you have a, a kind of a way to distribute it. You yeah, can a little repertoire too. Yeah. And I mean, and that that to me is also, that's the thing. So, because I, you know, I have applied to film schools and mm-hmm. mostly in the States. So I, I do know the, the expenses cost. there. Woo-hoo. It's cheap, much cheaper here. Yeah. Um, um, but even so, things. it's still, it's still quite expensive, uh, you know, for yeah. an investment. Um, and I think that you could spend, you know, it's, well, it's about, usually it's about idea. seven remember, grand a year here. Do, do you remember kind of what some of those programs cost here in the U.S.? Because I've never. Oh, yeah. Applied. Well, so, OK, so I, so USC yeah. is something like 70 grand. It's out of state. And that a was year. also for me coming from Canada. Yeah. yeah that's year. no. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. A year. Okay. Um, NYU was something like 40 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, UT. So UT Austin, something like. 30 high 40s maybe or high right. 30s 40s and this, so yeah talking very about expensive a four-year words. program right these are yeah. four-year programs and exactly this is, this is not room and board and, so take you know, that money and put it into a movie is essentially well that's the, what the, and that's certainly what herzog yeah. suggests and but I, and, and here even though it's like so here it would be more you know to go to a film school here it's about seven grand i would say seven to ten grand a semester or sorry at, a though. year um, yeah. what was that nothing to sneeze at though still no no totally and yeah. that's what i mean is that you can still take the 10 grand that you're putting in to go to film school here, if you're Canadian right. or if maybe if you're in Europe somewhere, yeah, put that into a movie. And that's kind of, or I mean, at the end of the day too, what I always tell my students is like, look up, you know, these curriculums are all freely available online. Look yeah. them up, you know, research the school that you're looking at. Because yeah. a lot of times it is also just like, whether it's someone's parents pushing them to just get a degree or something like that. Sure. But just look up these these curriculums and go, am I going to learn something? Right. Um. Am, or rather... Is it worth what I is what I'm learning there worth the amount of money that I would spend on it, or can I better spend my time and save money and learn more? Which is what I did. I mean, well, there's I, one I, other again, aspect that's why. of this that we haven't touched on yet, but uh, I think w- maybe maybe the only thing I'm not sure. There's a couple of things I think you can't replicate with the DIY approach. The first is, uh, and th- these are both really closely related, basically. Um, and the first is uh, kind of. And I, I really don't want to like relationship building. I don't want to use this word networking. And we're going to get to this later on mm-hmm. in more detail because it's part of these lessons. But, you know, relationship building there, you know, you're going to be in a in a within a group of a lot of people who are wanting to be filmmakers. Ideally, the program, if it, let's say you do take this route, the the your teachers, the professors, the faculty there 
hopefully have had real world experience. They've actually mm -hmm. had some success mm -hmm. in the industry. And so they actually have contacts uh, where there's intern placement or job placement programs there at the school to help you uh, start your career whenever you've graduated. You know, some of those things are really important. And um, and developing real long term relationships with uh, those faculty and your peers can really give you a powerful leg up. Yeah. Um, and we're, like I said, we're going to go into that in more detail. But I think that's the part that you can't replicate in the same way. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have the infrastructure. Obviously, you're um, going to develop your own relationships, of course. You know, as you work, you're going to develop your own relationships. But you it's a massive opportunity. But perhaps that so. leads us into our next point, which yeah. is really important, which is, again, kind of like I just said, where it's it's the, what's great about film school is that you have infrastructure for mm -hmm. meeting people and for working with people and for renting equipment. Like it's all there for they you. They hold your hand for you. Um, yeah. Um, but if you don't have that, what's difficult outside of it is that you don't have that, but that doesn't mean that you can't make it. And Herzog makes a really interesting a, point, yeah. which is about that nowadays, so few young people take make their own, they yes. don't make their own production companies. They don't, you know, form labor movements and th or labor unions Everything. and things like that. So yeah. I, and it's a point that really speaks to me because I've spent the last three or so years building up my own production company yeah. um, with other people, like not just solely Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that to me has been like a godsend. Like it, it yeah. I, I don't think I'd be doing nearly the stuff that I'm doing right now if I didn't kind of invest into the infrastructure of being able to make movies with other people under a banner and under well, something that's organized and not just me going to friends being like, I got this script, you know, let's. Let's do right, or waiting, or, or waiting for somebody to invite you to be a part of a yeah, production, yeah, and that's exactly. what I think a lot of people do is that they wait, you know, whatever whatever uh, you know part you want to play in the filmmaking process. If you want to be a director, or if you want to be an actor, if you want to be a writer, if you want to be a DP, you know, any of these uh, positions. I think a lot of people have a tendency to wait to be invited, right? Um, yes, yeah, and, yeah. They they, and, they sit on Facebook looking at like casting or, calls and or think even that one yeah day i mean you're, get, you're yeah. constantly submitting you're working on your reel and your resume and your mm -hmm. you know and and i guess there's nothing wrong with that to an extent of course but at least for me uh i was made keenly aware of the fact that i had to take my own initiative if i was ever going to have any kind of career and get to do anything in this industry when i set out yeah. to pursue acting at first right and you know, the way I first did that, of course, was, you know, I did everything that I was, quote unquote, supposed to do. I took my classes. I got my professional headshots. I did, you know, I went all to these, you know, uh, did all my mailings and went to, you know, workshops and all this kind of jazz. And it was all my energy was put into, please, God, somebody invite me. Somebody to be a part me. of this yeah. process. Please, somebody let me be a part of filmmaking. Please let me be a part of filmmaking. Yeah. And. And I, I had already had strong interest in doing other aspects of filmmaking, including directing. But it was really that process of several years of having to beg to be invited to be a part of the process that I finally realized, look, if I don't take my own initiative, if I don't start writing my own material, producing my own material, shooting my own material, you know, if I, I, I won't have any. I, yeah. you know, who knows how long I'm going to have to sit here and wait. And I saw, of course, a lot of my friends with the same thing. And so there, you know, there was, there was a group of us that continued to just do the same thing. They just kept submitting. They kept working on getting agents or changing agents. They kept, you know, I think it's uh, interesting too, that you mentioned real, like the reels, because mm -hmm. I think that so many people, that's like their, their end goal. They're shooting everything yeah. for, to put in their reel. They're shooting, right. you know, they're anything that they do. It's, it's oh, I'm, I'm going to put this <laughs> in my reel. Yeah. I found the success that I've had with making connections and stuff has always been from just showing people things that I've made in full, not mm -hmm. just showing someone a reel, you know, yeah. showing somebody, okay, here's a short that I did last year and letting them watch, you know, what, what's the point of making someone watch a four minute reel if you could just make them watch an eight minute short film that you did and, and, and <laughs> well, have it has that a full big, it has a big right? difference on who you're giving it to, right? So, yes. yeah, yeah. you know, if you, if you are talking to somebody that you actually know in real life, that you have a relationship with in some way, whether you've worked on a project before together, or maybe you have, you know, just a one or two degree separation. And, you know, this is, we talk about, we're going to talk a lot about the importance of relationships and long-term vision of your career. So if you're looking at somebody like that, yeah, they're going to watch an eight minute short. But the, the challenge is, is that a lot of people are shooting off their reels to people that, you know, again, they're falling back to that previous category about they're begging somebody to give them a, a chance, to give yeah. them a shot. 
And those people who don't know you from Adam or Eve, who, you know, are, are looking at, you know, uh, uh, literally 10,000 submissions or mm -hmm. for an actor, but maybe it's, you know, 100 or 1,000 for a DP or director or something. But they're looking through tons of them. They're definitely not going to watch an eight-minute uh, short film of yours. And so that's why people put these sizzles together, right? Because yeah. Because they know they're sending them off to somebody who is not, who's literally going to, to sh turn it off and go to the next one in two seconds if it doesn't grab their attention. So, you know, that's, and that's I mean, that's that what I, is. and that's what's really important is, is you kind of have to, at some point, and as, as vague and as broad as it sounds, is like make your own opportunities. Of course you do. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think that that's, that's what's really, you know, again, going back to this idea of like found your own production company, you know, get, a group of people together and if you don't write even if you even if you writer. sign papers see, you, you know sign yeah. and, and, and it, say like hey we're gonna work together we're gonna we're gonna make it's that's what that's basically what united artists was i mean sure. you think of how successfully that went and, and it was it's about you know it doesn't have to be all about financials it doesn't have to be all about um you know oh we're gonna be a business and we're all about branding and we're gonna get well X i would even y, say Z. when you're really in the beginning you know, I think a lot of people tend to focus, or some people focus a lot on that about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if, you know, they, they get worried about stuff that is, let's face it, frankly, very unlikely to occur. Yeah, how are yeah. we, how many points do you get? Uh, you know, I think, in, and we've talked about this in previous, in a previous lesson, keep that stuff very, 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 very simple and don't spend a ton of time on it. Just make it simple, mm -hmm. you know, if and avoid, avoid legalese and all that. Yeah. Don't put a lot of legalese and BS into this. What you should be spending your time on is, it, you know, uh, finding that story and putting a, a small team of people together who can execute it. And so it's like I was going to say, if you if you are a writer, then great, write. If you're not a writer, then go find one and work with them. If mm -hmm. you don't want a DP or, you know, and, and you, you feel like that's not a part of your repertoire as a director, then you go and find a DP that you can work well with. Find a group of actors that you can work well with and build a team of people who you have, you know, similar uh, mindsets and attitudes about filmmaking. And it's going to take time. Well, yeah, and I like also, we, I we think say this um, and it's like, it's like, it's easy to say, but it's taken me a decade. Plus. Well, and I, I exactly wanted to mention that too, because I, I like, we're talking, I think one of the things that we talk about a lot and what Herzog talks about a lot is like, go out and do it, go out and do it. But we never, you know, we've, we've kind of never really talked about the struggles and the difficulties. So I, oh yeah, I'll, I'll talk about right now is what, you know, with, with my I production company is, that. oh, totally. And, and rejection and all that. But, oh, but yeah. for me, you know, I'm right now, uh, we've been doing it for three years professionally. I mean, I mean, I've been making movies for much longer than that. But since, you know, actually kind of incepting this, mm -hmm. this production company, it's been about three years. Yeah. Um, and we're right now, we're just working right now in pre-production on our first feature. But there's a lot of difficulty with that. You know, it, it comes down to, like, we don't have, you know, I'm not going to go out and tell anyone to just go out and make a movie and, and, and throw all their money into it because... Well, I can't do that, and most people can't. Right. Um, whereas what I've found, though, that makes my life a lot easier is, A, taking it slow, um, not feeling any need to rush into it, um, because there was a point, you know, months ago where I could have just been like, yeah, our script's done. Let's go film this, you know, mm -hmm. at a friend's house, and, and, and we've got a feature. And it's like, no, 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 I do not want to do that. And, and nobody should just want to rush anything. I think that's something that, there's a difference between um, having drive and initiative and mm -hmm. rushing. There's a really big difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing I've like, I've been very, I've pushed back the, the shoot date multiple times, both because of the pandemic and because of just preparation. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's of course been a challenge. So take and initiative, even, but be yeah. prepared. And right? I mean, even the idea, I know that you had uh, the one that you're working on right now had done it, has done a successful crowdfunding campaign. And Correct. that's something that we've spoken about um, when it comes to the production of the feature I'm working on um, is, but we're rather, we're taking a little bit of a different approach, which is let's put, let's try to do this all on our, our own. And at the point where we need financing, then we can look into yeah. crowdfunding and stuff like that. So kind of the opposite, um, the opposite, I right. guess, order well, of steps. There's so many different ways to do it, right? Yeah, but you're exactly. taking, but the point is you're taking initiative. You're, yeah. and I think you you bring up a really good point. At, you know, because we have talked so much about urgency uh, throughout this entire series. It's something that Herzog uh, is clearly has very strong opinions about. And you know, I think you're right. It's a good point that you can work with urgency, absolutely. And you know, I think 
you know, taking initiative with urgency is so vital. Those two things go so hand in hand together. But but also, though, being prepared. I mean, Herzog has spent years preparing for some of yeah. his films. It's not. Well, he says about know, the first, you know, everyone says, I loved your first movie, Aguirre. Aguirre was so great. And he says right? that was He's my like, 11th. It's my 11th. Right. Yeah. Right. Exa- exactly. And so I, that's a really good point to make. You know, it's take initiative, but also take some time. Uh, work with a sense of urgency, but but be prepared. Learn from your mistakes because you're going to make a lot and you're also going to have a lot of rejection. And that's something that Herzog talks a lot about here in this Lesson 24. And boy, I, I it's funny because I feel like I am, I am an expert on very few things, but holy crap, am I an expert on failure mm-hmm. and, or rejection, yes. <laughs> let's say, yeah, yeah. rejection. And it feels like failure. And that this is an interesting kind of part psychologically about this. But yeah, I mean, you know, as I've said numerous times before, I started uh, working toward a career professionally as a storyteller as in acting. That's where I, you know, I first like I, I'm in LA, I've got a professional agents, I am, you know, actively pursuing a career as an actor in the LA market, you know, boom, I'm there, right? Wow. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, up until that point in my life, and I was younger, but I, but not too young. I mean, I was 30 years old by the time I was like at, you know, in LA, in market, profession, like pursuing a professional acting career. So it's mm-hmm. not like I had not lived before. It wasn't like I just fell off the track. Yeah, you track weren't, at you weren't just out of high school. I had had, I had had a decade long career, professional career in a corporate world and software before that. Um, and so it's, you know, it's not like I was spring chicken and wow, the amount of rejection that I was just, that I was hit with like a Mack truck just over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't prepared for, frankly, I just was not prepared for it. And it knocked me off my feet and it took me years to recover from that experience. And so yeah. I just, it's, yeah. I, it's, I, I, I feel so strongly about this and you may say, well, acting is way different and it, it's not. Um, all, you know, filmmaking is just a ruthless profession. It is extremely difficult if you want yeah. to make Cut a living, and dry. Yeah. if you, yeah, if you want to make a living doing any of these things, it is extremely difficult. If you want any kind of any, any decently sized audience to ever see any of your work, it is extremely, exceedingly difficult. It is so hard. Now it's worth it. But how you address rejection is so important to if you're even going to survive. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how it's been such an interesting experience to be in that position myself and to see how that that rejection affected me and to see how it affected so many of my friends and to see the different types of reactions to it. I it, it, It's just really been eye-opening. I mean, I, for me personally... You know, it it was I and I went into this and I'm thinking, okay, I know you get a lot of rejection. I know you get, you know, and I was trying to prepare myself psychologically. And I, you know, I I had some mentors who had been in the industry industry, and you know, I had been preparing for this for a while, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't just like a, a on a whim kind of decision to go out there. I mean, I had been preparing for about a, a decade, and I had worked in theater before that, and at in significant places, and in Colorado and uh, Denver. And so I'd had a sense of these things, right? It's not that I didn't have a sense of it, but even with all of that, I was completely blown away, man. I mean, I have a spreadsheet that I used to keep of every audition that I ever went on, right? And I would, because I would keep track of, you know, which casting director brought me in and what project Mm -hmm. was it for and how did I feel like the audition went and, you know, and what happened, right? Did I get a call back? Did I get, did I book the gut job, whatever? So I could see, I had a record, right? And I can't remember now exactly what my ratio was, but suffice it to say, I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of no's just over and over and, and over and That's over. exactly what's important too about this whole, like the, like the amount of times that I've made a movie and been like, this is the best thing I've ever made. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, like you said, still sort of like while submitting to festivals or whatever, kind of going, okay, I'm prepared to not, you know, it's festivals, but still it, it feels kind of crushing yeah. when you get that rejection, when you get, yes, it does. especially when it's like, it's like, okay, this one's really good. This one's going to go in. Um, with that though, and I think this is one of the points that, that um, Herzog really drives home too, which I think is really important, is that you shouldn't make movies for festivals. You know, I've never once, when I'm making a movie, cut something or change something because I've thought that, like, a festival screener isn't going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always, always, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's something that <laughs> I should work on myself, but uh, but mm-hmm. I, 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 it's something that I still believe that, like, I am... 
I'm not interested in the art. You know, I have a friend who went to film school and his, I think I've spoken about this before on the, the podcast, but, but his, his note is always because of his, you know, his teachers and professors and stuff. They would always say, you know, your, your festival thing should be as short as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so his note is always like cut two minutes, just like arbitrarily cut two right. minutes. And I'm always like, I don't care if a festival <laughs> thinks my, the other thing to do about that though. And there's a video on YouTube somewhere about this, but it actually talks about the most successful, festival movies and the movies mm-hmm. that get to like the short films i mean that get to the oscars and stuff uh-huh they're almost always above 15 minutes the right. oscar shorts are always almost always whereas everyone says that sweet spot is eight <laughs> you know just under <laughs> right. eight minutes for festivals well everybody's got an idea of what the sweet spot yeah is and, and so i think be, that's really yeah. interesting is that like you should take any in- information like that with a grain of salt because Absolutely. sure it does your film have a greater likelihood of getting into a festival if it's four minutes than if it's 10 yes because they want to fit as many movies in and and slots in but with that being said does that actually impact the 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 like the amount of reverence that your film will have there no because if your film is short it's often just going to be washed in with all the other really short films and people are whereas if you make something great that's like you know yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It's, this is an important point. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of extrapolate this or I'll kind of raise this up to even kind of more encompassing level. I mean, look, we're talking about rejection now and we're talking about, you know, this I, I really can't overstate. You cannot overstate how important it is to steal yourself um, and fortify yourself um, against re- rejection because there's there's so many ways, you know, so many ways that it affects people and it's not just cut and dry binary like well you know you're either in the game or you're out of the game and then you know as long as you just stay in the game uh you have you have defeated rejection no you know a lot of people get in many very way, different ways get they get kind of jaded cynical they get yeah you're, you're trying to second guess an audience you're, like you're just describing somebody trying to you know guess what the judges are looking for in this film festival and then gear their content to that and that's such a horrifically cynical nasty oh God, way to yeah. make art in my especially considering opinion. that festivals are are hardly like hardly ever the way to get a, into a further career unless you are piece, somehow yeah. so successful that you're going to get into one of like the big six right which are you you know sundance tiff con um maybe south by southwest um and like trebecca or something like that right. or, or in a few other international ones yeah um like unless you are successful enough to get a, a prime slot in any because i also know people who have gotten into those even like tiff who have gotten into those but it you know they're they're movies playing in a tiny theater at 1 p.m on a wednesday and it's right. like you know six people went to it so i think that what you should focus on, I think what what you're saying, what I'm saying, what Herzog has always said. The story in your heart is, is what is, you should focus is, on. Well, and I'll, I'll quote him directly here, which is create something with so much substance that the film itself can take the punches. And that's yeah. so important because you should just don't strive to make something that, you know, again, like you said, that, okay, is the, is the judge going to love it. Don't reverse engineer your art. Yeah. Don't reverse engineer your art. Really good. I know, you yeah. know what? The, one of the time I just I just got into a festival the other day with the documentary that I've been doing, a short documentary, but it's 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, had I shown that to, to people and said like, "Hey, I'm trying to get into festivals, like give me some feedback. So many people would have been like, can't be 18 minutes. It should be 10 minutes. Right. You know, I guarantee that. But I just got in on an 18 minute thing because I put a lot of heart into it. And I yeah. put, you know, I, I think it's a, I thought it was a really strong documentary and I think that it's, you know, and it's, I, I was really happy with it. And so I got in and it's, it's, yeah. it, it and it's feels tough. really great, but and um, it's, it is it's it's really easy to say it's like i really sympathize because i've been there myself i've been there myself as an actor in the extreme where i tried everything i could possibly think of to change myself to guess what the casting directors wanted to to like fit myself into some mold that i thought was going to work and i did it over and over and over and over and so I just I just want to kind of reiterate it's not not to like you should feel sorry for me but that like I really do understand the temptation that comes when you're rejected over and over again and you're guessing you're second guessing yourself and you're 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 trying to find a way to to make your way in this art like all you want to do is make films and you can't find a way to do it and the mm-hmm. world is telling you no it's, you know, it's totally understandable. I've been there myself. Um, and maybe it's just a process that, you know, everybody kind of has to go through on their own, right? Because well, it's also I think... super important too, 
what Herzog says too is is about don't don't only spend your time doing this. You know, well, don't he talk, he tells the right. story about the guy that he met that has been in like a hundred festivals. Yeah. He's just oh, yeah. following it around. And, yeah. and Herzog says, in that time, in the time that you've been following your movie around at festivals and submitting and and spending yeah. money, you could have made three other three movies. More films. And that's yeah. that's exactly like I will I submit to a festival and I forget about it. I step back, you know, maybe if there's communication that I need to to update or something with them, then I will. But but my the I I submit a movie if I if I am going to submit it to a festival I submit it and I forget about You're it and I immediately forget go into on. my next my next well, it's, project. It's so huge cuz there's a couple, you know, look, like having a life that's outside of this bubble is so important for a couple big yes. reasons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for yeah. one for one is that you've always got to be filling your well. And you can't just be working in the industry or working toward the industry or making films or do you or you have to have a life. You have to have a life that that mm-hmm. you can pull new poetry from that you can create new images from when you are making film and i know i know a lot of people just get obsessed and they're like i mean i have it's like i I know some filmmakers who it's like they have their day schedule it's like i wake up at 5 a.m and then i write for two hours and then i make phone calls to my you know to uh, potential agents for two hours and then i and it's like their entire day is just filled because they're like, I have to make it. I have to make it. And this is how I have to make it. I have to like outwork. I have to outwork the next person. I have, you know, like kind of the Will Smith kind of mentality, yeah. right? If yeah, you've no, seen yeah. Will Smith. That you know, grind. Talk, it's all about the grind. Like, you wake I, up and yeah. He's like, I'm successful because I stayed on the treadmill longer than anybody else. I just ran and ran and ran. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, interestingly, I mean, look at what kind of actor he is and that it's telling i think that that's his attitude but yeah no i will always say that it's more like i and i've got to have this to my students i've said it's more about your skill set than it is about your your like blind perseverance and i say blind perseverance because i mean there are people that just think that's important but they yeah, it's it, oh it's totally important um but i mean but that there's this there's this mindset that people like get into just like you just said this kind of and not to put down will smith or anything but no no but this this mindset of like as long as you know i i just have to keep going and i have to keep trying and i got to keep climbing that mountain it's like are you while you're climbing this mountain are you also working on your skills are you also going out or and working on other skills i mean and i are you spending time with your significant other with your family are you out enjoying sunsets are you eating an ice cream cone on the beach are you traveling are you even just having different different interests you know i i went to so i didn't go to film school but i went to university i went to the university of toronto for for criminology i didn't finish the degree but i i went and people always asked me if i when i was going there it was like are you going because it's something that you're you know something to do with film you know you're going for criminology because you like crime dramas and no i went to go to criminology because i was interested in it you know it's the same with i have a desire by the end of my 20s to have my pilot's license got nothing to do with movies i just it's an interest of mine i like politics i like law i like history these are all things that i will spend time reading about and doing not so that i can generate ideas for movies just because i'm interested in them and and, and you know you can fill the well and also it, it is, you know, Herzog talks about filling yourself with philosophy, with poetry yes, as a, yes. as a, as a uh, you know, kind of like a prophylactic against burnout and against all this rejection. And, it, you know, this is that Sp- mm-hmm. taking the time to follow other interests, to pursue other curiosities, to work on relationships with people in your life, you know, your your significant other, your family, your friends. I mean, you know, to be outside in the world, to travel you know, it's just as, if not more important to do those things than it is to do all the other filmmaking things combined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I and do. I, I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and it's just I know so many I have known so many people pursuing different positions, uh, you know, different careers. But but in the filmmaking world, and I can't tell you how common it is yeah. that people mm-hmm. get so single minded, they get so on one track and. It not only does it ultimately not end up being successful as far as having quote unquote success in your career, but it also is not successful in the sense that it makes a really miserable person. Yeah, yeah, it's not you fulfilling. Really, it, you're not. It become you're you're going to take this to a place where it's no longer fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you know we have I know this, people exactly who have, at, have burned and, out. Yeah, yeah, and we have this weird in our culture, uh, you know, kind of Western culture. And I'm speaking only from that because that's where I'm kind of born and raised, and that's why I know more about. So this might exist in other cultures, but I, I just can't speak for it because I'm not, I, I'm not as tuned in. But 
but in our culture here it is we have this weird idea of what creativity is and that it has to be obsession and that you have to like do nothing but right it's like if you're we romanticize that that psychotic person typing on their laptop with a cigarette and you know yeah right and it's like you can't have a life but anything i mean and i literally remember i mean i remember being told over and over by different people when i was would had first moved to la and i was you know doing all the things um and i had fallen into that trap a bit myself you know people would tell me it's like well you can't have a relationship with if you're going to do this you can't do this you can't do that you can't spend time on these other oh god it's insane and 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 of course these people were miserable themselves because that's yeah. what they were doing and they were miserable so i you know yeah. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here but guys uh ladies everybody if you know to be a filmmaker is not to just cut out everything in your life what's the point of making a film if you have no life to tell stories from yeah so all right <laughs> and to tell and to tell stories too um yeah, i want yeah. to double back real quick too um just one more point on the, the festivals thing as well yeah yeah um because because I worked at, at TIFF oh, in 2019, right. yeah, and an there's experience. this there's this line that Herzog says in here that he doesn't really get into too much depth about, but I, I think that I can kind of speak to, which is about okay. festivals are self-centered. Um, oh, and yeah. he talks about this idea that, you know, festivals are... Well, they're a business. They're, they're, they're a bit, exactly. And so there's, so not even, so we, and me and you talked about this before, but um, disregarding the idea too, even that there's, there's... 4,000 plus festivals that go on every year, which I mean, to anybody that's insane, of course, not every single one of those festivals. In fact, very, 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 very few of them are going to actually have the publicity to get you anywhere off. Very few. Um, And so there's kind of like that, again, there's those big six that I kind of mentioned earlier. So I worked at TIFF, which is the Toronto International Film Festival, which is by attendance, the largest film festival in the world. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh. And yeah, it's something like 400,000 or something a year Whoa. people go to it. It's yeah. it's a huge event. Yeah. Um, and so I worked there and I sort of so I sort of got this inside look at um, you know, how exactly how are these festivals self-centered? And the way that they are is they've become so much less about and you know, I I'm not trying to sound like an old man because I certainly wasn't alive <laughs> in those days. That's my job. That's exactly. my job, man. <laughs> but I can, I can actually kind of vouch for the idea that like back in the day, they were different. They were, you know, when these festivals started up in the, the 70s, 80s, 90s, um, and even, you know, the early 2000s, they were very much about rising up and coming stars. Mm-hmm. This day and age, most of the big festivals are headlined by They're blockbusters that are yeah. so like Joker, yeah, uh, Jojo Rabbit, uh, Knives all, Out, you all know, major all these studio feature huge films. movies that yeah. that that were that are produced by Universal and Fox and all yeah. this. And it's like I always just kind of and I understand from a business standpoint why the festivals do it because they get a ton of money, a ton of advertising, a ton of you know butts yeah. and seats for this. It's good. But publicity. what I what what really pains me is just that I, I I'm like. Imagine giving one of those slots to somebody who made a, a really beautiful, wonderful film and um, unknown, who and has unknown. no yeah. chance. And it's like, and it, uh, there absolutely are people like that who have submitted, who have been seen by these these judges who are now on the cutting block because it's not going to make them enough money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a business decision, a, man. Yeah. And a friend of mine, actually, perhaps a success story from this, a friend of mine, um, recently released. Well, he was he was in TIFF with his co-directing partner uh, in TIFF in 2019, the one that I worked at um, for his film White Lie, mm-hmm. um, which had a budget of about a million, one and a half million dollars, which was their biggest so far, yeah. undoubtedly. Um, and they're very independent and stuff like that. But this was a huge budget for them. Absolutely. Um, and they yeah. and so they got in, and I remember I went to their premiere. It was great. There was a lot of people in the theater, and they've gotten a uh, theatrical release from it, and it's it's wonderful, and it's like really heartwarming to see because it still can happen. You can yeah. make it happen. It's just so difficult, and I think um, a big part of that too is, and this is this isn't related to festivals, but I think it's related to the the environment that and the kind of ecosystem of entertainment and film in particular these days. That Herzog also mentions the idea that that before movies, um, rather than commercials, they used to play short films. Uh, yeah, and I think for that is like I yeah, and, and, and I so I, was, I uh... look at somewhere though I look at somewhere like the New Beverly, the theater that Quentin Tarantino owns, which and I, I love. think like you know he. 
I don't know. I don't know what his financials are there at all. So I don't know how much he depends on. It loses on, money. It loses um, money. As far as so it I does. Know, okay, so it does. Yeah, lose. he subsidizes. I think. I think. I, but I, I and I know that there tour, are. But, I know yeah. that there are other movie theaters that I've I've been to and I've heard of that don't show commercials. That it's like their policy. They don't show commercials, and it's it. They operate at a loss because yeah, they. And it's usually you know it's 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 usually run by someone like Tarantino. Maybe they're yeah. not a director, but they're a businessman who can afford to lose the money. Yeah. Um. What I think would be so cool, and I think you know. I think it would be great is if we went back to that. Like, imagine how cool it would be for a young filmmaker who makes oh, a short film to have wonderful. their film shown at the New Beverly just before. And it's yeah. like one of those things that it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be crazy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an event. Well, it would just be so nice to be able to open up the, the doors to people who mm-hmm. have otherwise, you know, the most impossible time breaking into an industry. Well, and, and you know, it's – and so obviously we could talk about this a little bit that, you know, there are – other distribution channels yes you know and herzog yeah. talks about you know this of course like like of course everybody is striving well you know i don't i actually can't say that i don't know maybe there are directors out there now who are younger who could care less about a theatrical release i don't know maybe but it you know it certainly my generation and and before uh every that was the be all dream end all. was yeah. that you would have a theatrical release i mean that's to see you know the whole point is to see your film on the big screen right mm-hmm. and to have a communal experience in a you know uh with an audience in in a theater uh and with this we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because there's a whole conversation we could have and maybe we will in another episode about you know the difference between watching a film at home on your television and watching it with an audience in a theater but that was the dream uh, now we're having to adjust, you know, uh, it's very unlikely. And when I say very unlikely, that's an understatement. I mean, it's almost an impossibility that you as a director are going to have a film that is going to be theatrically released, uh, at least, you know, unless you rent a theater and pay them to play it, right? Yeah. That some people yeah. do that for sure. But outside of that, to have an actual wide release is extremely rare. Mm-hmm. Very few films do. Now, there are a lot of online distribution uh, possibilities, but um, even that, you know, is very challenging. It can look like a great opportunity, and it is. But but who knows? Maybe you sell your movie to Netflix, and it's buried behind right. hundreds and hundreds of other titles. And, right? and and they're right. And so there are some more distribution opportunities, but they still are very very difficult. And even if, like you said, and even if they do, I mean, I know people who've ha- have their films on Amazon Prime or Netflix or Hulu, or there are many different places now. And, uh, you know, there's like their metrics are like almost nothing, like nobody will watch it for months and months and months because it's they're they're not curated into, you know, top of mind for people. So they sit down at the bottom of, you know, five million different TV shows and movies and just nobody's ever going to find it. So it's it's tough no matter which way you cut it. But perhaps I'm an optimist, too. Yeah, Uh, I might. And, and, you know, but I I think what's really exciting about right now um, is that. It, the landscape is changing so much mm-hmm. and i think that I, I think that you know whether due to the pandemic or not i think that you're gonna see a pretty big upkick honestly in independent uh theaters um because i think a lot of these multiplexes are are losing a lot of money i think that yeah. with this this whole push to streaming i think what you're gonna see is smaller oh, independent, more financially viable theaters hmm. um and I, I, you know, that to me, and I, I've, at least that's something that I've seen a lot in uh, Toronto lately is that there's like this huge upkick in small independent theaters that show, yeah. you know, independent film, which is great. I mean, I, and it, it gives those movies an opportunity to be seen on the big screen. Um, so maybe again, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just an optimist, but, yeah. uh, but I well, think I, that would be, I, like, I, always, I would love it. I would yeah, love it. And and I, I mean, think we're is... kind of almost in an, an uh, like a new wild west of the industry right now with online distribution <laughs> like where it's nobody's quite sure where it's going to go um and how yeah. it's going to play out um, yeah which I think, it's you interesting know, can be sort of it can be sort of an ins- I, I think that right now is a perfect time to make of it what you can um and to kind of take advantage of of every single avenue that you can take advantage of um whether that's online, you know, YouTube, I mean, that that's, that's the other thing too, is like, you look at the landscape of YouTube, how much that changed mm. over the past 10 years, where yeah. back when I started on YouTube in 2008, um, it was like, you would see short films on the recommended page, you would, sh- you would see people's short films on the homepage, like being, mm-hmm. you know, top 10 videos of the week, and it's someone's, you know, World War Two short or something. 
Um, and now that's almost impossible. Now, now it's, it's all, all lifestyle just political blogs. Clickbait, it's, yeah, lifestyle. or political yeah. Blake clickbait um, because that's where the money was. Um, but I think that, again, I think there there's definitely a pendulum swing. And I think that right now I see us kind of at the precipice of this really, really clickbaity, everything's flashy, everything's lifestyle. I think that's, and I think we're slowly now starting to swing backwards into, it's kind of like, I, I sort of relate it to like the analog renaissance of, you know, people going out and getting records again and people going out and yeah. shooting on film again and people, you know, picking up, you know, old, we'll old boards. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a psychic. I don't know if it's going to happen yeah. and again. Uh, but I figure well, if you're not if you're not hopeful about it, then um, then you're just going to drive yourself insane. So well, it's you know it's a combination of I mean it's you know it's interesting too, and you know Herzog makes film, uh, and I say I mean he makes movies, but he has made things for television. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you know made things clearly, for streaming. He yeah. clearly makes things for streaming, and so you know part of it is being willing enough to be you know to be flexible. So it's, you know, um, but, but finding that, and it's kind of right. This is just the way it is with all of the creative process. It's kind of, you know, where do you draw your line, uh, with your content and with your vision, but allowing flexibility to come in so that you don't define success so narrowly for yourself that it's impossible, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe yes, you, you're not going to be a director who has their films on 2,600 screens across the country, but, but maybe you've got a film that, you have your own website and you've set up your own, you know, like uh, I know some people who actually, instead of selling it to some other VOD distributor, they distribute it themselves. They set up a paywall. They have their own website. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's only a thousand people or something watch the film for five bucks a pop. But maybe that's a start. You know, yeah. so there's, so it's, you know, being flexible. I mean, my website has a paid, I, I, I'm starting to put movies that uh, I'm making that I think are warranted of, of yeah. uh, money or, or payment, I'm putting them on, on my website for a dollar. And um, yeah. you know, like, it's not like I'm asking a lot, but I, I think that it's just, it's right. It's a way to, to at least generate something and, and some buzz. I think also, um, and maybe to uh, segue a little bit here, we talked a lot about um, skill set. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we um, very much agree on is this idea that people they will put a goal in their mind of like, I want to make a movie. Like I want to be a filmmaker. Right, right. And they don't really know what that entails. And I've actually dealt with this a oh, lot. Usually it's like, um, I want to be Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It's usually and, I, something. <laughs> and that's what I said when I was three years old. Literally. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was my response to when somebody asked me what I want. I said, I want right. to be Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, but I've actually dealt with this a lot recently in my, in my like work life, which is, is this idea of, and especially with students of mine and stuff where it's, it's, they, their desire it's like i want to direct and it's like well a good director understands you know in the in the slightest every other position on on set and is able to communicate those things and mm -hmm. is able to understand you know how a camera works and and how a lighting crew does their job and how a sound crew does a job and costumes and, and you don't have to be an expert and i think that's we've reiterated several yeah, times on here is that you don't times. have to go in and be you an have expert in special knowledge. effects but you, you should be able to communicate yeah. yeah it's about it's about being able to communicate with those people and it's also about you know within the line of my production company is what i've tried to really stress and what everyone's been very much on board with is that we all have different talents we all have specially you know things mm -hmm. that we're good at and yeah so that let's say you know what good my, my good friend blair um who is one of the producers on the feature film we're doing if we're doing a short film that blair is directing and that i'm not directing um then i can jump in and do this cinematography for it and, and operate camera yeah. um mandy who is a really talented director she can be she's like a fantastic Hi, first Mandy. ad as well yeah say hello to mandy i, I don't know her but i'm just <laughs> no but she but i mean that's the thing is that she's so um she you know she's a fantastic first ad so when she's off um not directing when she's not directing she's putting her skills in um, yeah. my other friend michael is like a fantastic ideas man like he just comes up with ideas constantly and, and so so you know that's kind of when you're trying to make yourself valuable to people and you're trying to make yourself you know or rather invaluable to people and right. you want people to make sure that you they want you on their set and they want to be working with you at all times then find out a way to do that and find out a way to expand your skill sets that you don't just kind of come in and go well i've studied direct direction and i know about shot types and shot composition and i know all about directing actors and stuff like really you know work well, with yourself so that you can you can kind of expand absolutely. that skill set and and i think a parallel to this or you know it goes right along hand in hand with what you're saying is that you've got to know what you want 
yes. you really do yes. have to know what you want. Now, again, I'll use an analogy of my of my past life uh, as an actor. You know, so many, you know, I, I hit the streets in L.A., and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you, you kind of like it's almost like uh, classes, right? I'm like the class of 2000 or whatever, you know, and and there's like another 200,000 people that just, you know, fall off the bus onto the streets in L.A. every year with you. Right. And, you know, I, I, you, I saw this happen. It's like, you know, almost everybody that that fell off that bus with me when I was there, all these new, young, aspiring actors didn't know what in the world they actually really wanted to do. It's like you said, they're just like, well, I want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. what does that uh, entail but yeah. what is that well but do you want to be a stage actor do you yeah. want to be do you want to act in television because television and well, film acting are so different do you want to do commercials do you want to do voiceover do you want to do mocap do you want to do you know and they're like well i'm an actor i'll do anything well you know well, the other thing too is you've got to you've got to hone in i just want to you know it's like it, and learn what's fulfilling difference. to you there's a big difference right and it's not just it's about what do you you know really understanding what do you actually want to do? What are you actually interested in? Because it is very different. Do you want to do soaps? Because doing soaps and you know doing uh, so single yeah. camera drama are radically different. Do you really want to be in commercials? Because that's a full time job pursuing commercials as it is, and it's very different process than auditioning for legit theatrical stuff. It's very different. So and perhaps let me also you know I can just to relate to myself as well the. Like one of the things that I think that I am good at is that I, there are very few things in the industry that I don't like. I would be happy working as a, 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 like a camera technician at, um, you know, Panavision. But is that what you want to do? And, and, and that, and that's what I mean. But are you going to pursue that? And that's, oh, no, no. And that's what I mean. But, but what I mean is that, that it's like, if, if I was stuck doing that, I wouldn't feel like, like I have such a a varying interest in it. There are things of course that I don't want to do. So for example, when I worked at TIFF, I was doing live cam. It was all, it was like TV, live Mm -hmm. TV camera operation. I hated it. I I have no interest in doing that. So So I know that there's, there's exactly, there's no interest there. And I mean, it was, it paid well, but I have no interest in doing that as a career. Right. Um, and I think that's what you kind of have to, you have to think about. Well, you you is, have to maintain like, focus. You have yeah. to, you can't, you can't just try. I mean, hopefully it is right. You, you tried this thing cause you were kind of put in a position where you had to do it and you realize you don't like it. Okay. And you cut yourself off from that and you move forward. It's just, you know, it, everything, it's such a difficult industry to get into. You, you are going to make it harder if you don't really analyze, like have a heart to heart with yourself and say, mm-hmm. okay, what do I actually really want out of this? And, and then focus on that some more, but, but I, and I'll even raise it above kind of this practical idea of, okay, well, what, what, what do I really want to do as far as, you know, um, the exact role that you want to have, but why are you here doing this? Yes. Because, yeah, yeah. because one of the things that I found, this was a huge kind of revelation to me, and maybe it's because I'm slow and maybe every other people understood this really quickly. But, you know, when I first started uh, acting, I was focused on almost everything but the story. So I was focused on how I looked, how I sounded. I was focused on my headshot. I was focused yeah. on my resume. I was focused on the casting director and, and what was their background and could I find some common ground? And like, you know, I was focused on pitching myself to them and I was focused on everything but the story. And as a filmmaker, you've got to focus on the story because, and you mentioned this a little bit early, if your focus is on the story, that's going to carry you through so much. Focus yeah, yeah. on the story. Um, and the beauty and so of it. People... I mean, that's the thing is too, when I, when I, um, when I say story, like when I say to my students or whatever, you know, focus on the, like the story is what matters. It, it is the storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I think people often too get that confused where they're like, I just have to write a really good screenplay and mm-hmm. that's what matters. Whereas, and I think that you agree, which is, um, when I say that, you know, it's the storytelling. Um, and it's the, it's the, and that involves so much within the film. Like if you're going to make a film of a really good film and you're trying to, which I think everyone is trying to, um, unless you're doing like Birdemic three or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it is that, is that you have to kind of pull all the stops. You know, if I have a really, really great screenplay, it doesn't stop there. It, it, I'm going to try and make the cinematography as beautiful as I can. I'm going to try sure. and make sure that the performances are as, um, you know, as, as strong as I can make them. And I think that a lot of people, again, like they focus on one of the le- my least favorite things that I hear. And I hear this so often, especially, um, from people who are either in film school or had graduated film school, which is they'll say, you know, 
X is key. Mm-hmm. Right, so right. I've heard people say location is key. You know, location is the key to the movie. The or, top three you know, secrets to successful yeah, and filmmaking. It's like, and it's this thing that I hear so often. And it's like, no, no, no. Nothing is key. <laughs> Everything right. is important. Um, you just have to make sure that you you don't overthink well, it too. I, I do want to. I, I I think I agree with you, but I my my angle is slightly different. What I do mean is that the story is everything, and and I hear what you're saying. You're saying well, the storytelling, but I do think of it a little bit differently. So let me just speak to it a tad bit more. Sure. So, like, yeah. so to continue my analogy, when I was worried about all these other external things, uh, when I would go into audition or or even perform, sadly sometimes. Um, I wasn't being propelled by the story, okay, by the story. Mm-hmm, and right. when I started to learn to make the shift to f- not forget all of those things, but to approach all of those things from a place of being completely captivated and involved in the story I was telling as an actor, things started to change radically. And so to translate that to being a director, when you are so spellbound, so captivated, so inside the story that you're telling, and that's the place that you're moving from for all of these different, you had mentioned, you know, it's it's not just the script, it's the cinematography, it's the acting performances, it's the this, 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 of course it is. But when you're moving to those places, when your motivation for those things is coming from a place of absolute captivation and necessity from the story, I think that's when you're really on fire. And I think that's the kind of films that people recognize they're different. And and I think people recognize the difference of that kind of motivation. And those are the stories that at least have a fighting chance of cutting through the static of every, you know, all the stuff that we've talked about now, the millions of films that are out there, the thousands that are released a year, all of the challenges. If you don't have that, you are really, I mean, I, and I would even ask, I would say, what's the point? What's the, even the point of telling yeah. the story unless you are yeah. so captivated by it, you have no choice but to tell it. Every time I've worked on a film and I've ha- and I've come at or a role and I've come at it from that place, it was a joy regardless of what the outcome was. Every time I did it kind of from the outside in and I was like, well, this will look good on my reel or, you know, I, I need to do this for a buck or now look. And sometimes you got to do this stuff. So I'm not saying, you know, look, we don't live in an idealized world, but I just mean those experiences were always so far less than the experience that uh, when I was inside that story, man, and I was like captivated by that story. And it was like, I had to tell it. Then it just, all those other things seem to just, they fall in line. It's like a, the universe kind of aligns and there's like this magic that can happen to you. And, and that's what makes me crazy about filmmaking. The chance of that happening. And when that does happen is so mm-hmm. amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I do actually mean, the story the, oh totally yeah. yeah i mean I, that's that is the core of it um because of course without it you can't there's no a po- storyteller yeah, there's no point um, yeah but i mean I, I and what i i just am more kind of pushing back on um things that you see just all the time about like what is the key what is oh, the well, fundamental key oh yeah to for sure well that like, stuff no. is all garbage because i mean yeah, for me and, and of course it's 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 also um, it's subjective to a degree because there are some people that don't mind a movie with bad cinematography or don't mind a movie with, you know, bad performances. There are, are I don't certainly even know what exceptions to every mean. rule. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's either but, a story compelling that, or it's not. Yeah, but I but I do think that there's a there's a level to which the the movies that people generally consider the great and that kind of in the public eyes or the public eye is, is are considered like the greats. Mm-hmm. Um, they are both masterfully told stories um that have wonderful wonderful screenplays excellently written you know rich rich yeah. drama narratives, all cylinders. Um, yeah. but also yeah exactly every yeah. everything's in place every and it's it's oftentimes it's kind of funny because everything sort of seems to fall into place occasionally on movies like that where it's like it's not even one person's doing it's almost like an accidental success which i, I think are really fascinating stories uh, but that's a whole well that's whole what other i kind of mean too. when i say that i think that the universe kind of falls in line when the motivations are pure and, and the people yeah, are inside yeah. the story. But, Ed, you know, maybe that's kind of a little poetry idealist BS, but that's, you know, <laughs> at least that's what I hold. But, you know, so I, we're getting close here to being done with, yeah, uh, yeah. with these last couple uh, lessons. I, I think maybe a couple things we've already kind of hit on, but I'll we can kind of make sure that we've set our piece on a few of these last items. You know, we talked about keeping your curiosity awake. We talked about being interested in, uh, other things in life 
Herzog definitely speaks to that here in, in these lessons. And um, mm-hmm. the reality is, is that, yeah, I mean, the, the filmmaking bubble is a goofy one. And, you know, <laughs> and Herzog basically, you know, speaks to how silly and ridiculous it can yeah. be and that you really better step outside of it regularly. And I think both of us agree. Um, we've talked about this and other, and uh, at least one other lesson. And I think you and I maybe have slightly different opinions or or maybe not, I can't remember, but we'll find out again now. You know, he talks about experiencing the essential moments in your life uh, and keeping those separate and private. Mm-hmm. And I really agree with this. You know, and the example he uses in the lesson is that, look, you know, if, if and when you have a child, don't bust don't out the film it. camera <laughs> yeah. and film it. Yeah, be, yeah. There, be there to experience this moment. You know, in other words, there are there are definitely parts of life that you should be experiencing, mm-hmm. not recording. Because and you I wind think, up just remembering through the phone. Well, it's it exactly. And I think they're two fundamentally different things. When you're when you're filming something, you're observing. And when you are in life, you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just and I look, I it, maybe that's a little binary. It's not that you aren't having an experience when you're filming, but I, I my point is that there are definitely moments where you should be experiencing life and not making films. Your focus are, is averted. Yeah. Yeah. So it's experience those essential moments. And, and I love it. Of course, to like wrap up these lessons and effectively the entire class, uh, the last, like the, the last kind of subtitle that he ends on is you are alone. And yes. all, yeah, and yeah. all you have are your dreams. And I, I love it. I love it. Cause it's, yeah. you know, it is kind of like, uh, it's kind of a fundamental aspect to the human condition. In many ways, we are alone, you know, I, and I just love that Herzog embraces this. It's yeah. it's just wonderful. I think it's like such a compelling part of his personality. But um, but he talks about how, you know, ultimately, and he has some some wild examples here, which he shares, uh, especially the one about the, the crew member getting a snake bite and having to cut off his own foot with the chainsaw, <laughs> which yes. as much as I love filmmaking, I really hope that, I mean, <laughs> I hope that I never have to not ever have, have that a happen crew yeah. on a set, but, but he kind of talks about, you know, in kind of a little bit of a fun way there as he tells these stories about how, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, he had so many people trying to talk him out of what he felt was necessary for his film, you know, especially Fitzgeraldo and the the steamboat going over the mountain. And, you know, thank goodness he stuck to his guns, right? Thank goodness we have that film and thank goodness mm-hmm. we have that story. And as he rightly knew that that was such a powerful and vital metaphor and thank yeah. goodness he yeah. stuck to his guns. And so, you know, the reality is, is that oftentimes in uh, as an artist in any medium, you are going to be alone and all you're going to have are your dreams and mm-hmm. uh but thank goodness that you have those dreams because they mean everything that's and thank not, goodness you're not, following them <laughs> that's not a small Dude. thing yeah it's yeah. not a small thing it's like he's like and all you have are your dreams but but thank good but that's so much um and of course in many other ways you're not alone actually um in reality but uh, but yeah i so i you know overall i just kind of wrap up this whole thing it's been it's been such a blast i you know it's i how i think we you and i had seen these 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 lessons originally yes. how, how how long ago now 4 years I, or 2016 would have been when we which blows we did them, my yeah. mind yeah, yeah. and and I remember almost being, well, almost five years now. Almost Think five years, yeah. yeah. And I just remember being so captivated. Of course, I had been a a fan of Herzog's, and uh, well before that. And I know you had to, um, but it was so fun to go back through these and mm-hmm. kind of talk through them. There's great, of, great bits. Yeah, uh, like there's some really, really. There's moments in there that I almost just like want to show other people. Yeah, and just kind of give like people that haven't taken it, just kind of show them and be like, "This is such a great line." Well, hopefully, this can be you know a little bit if somebody doesn't have the masterclass or you know if they haven't seen it, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe this this series of podcasts will inspire them to check it out. But it's it's so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a blast. Uh, I, I can't believe that we've wrapped up all these lessons. It seemed like when we started, you know, a few months ago, it was like it was going to take us forever. Well, here we are yeah. at the end. And I, I mean, it's also I think it's important to note too again that we have no affiliation with masterclass, but I. Absolutely. Would, and I'm sure you would too. I would certainly recommend the class, uh, the, the Herzog class. Um, yeah, for sure. It, it, it could be because again, and I've said this so many times, and I think if you've been listening to this, you probably have, have figured it out. Um, it's not just about, you know, the filmmaking technique. It's not just about no. like, here's it's how a philosophy of life. Yeah, and it's art. very much, it's very much a, a kind of transcends all that stuff. It and, really and does. Kind of goes into like 
the yeah the philosophy of life and it's very inspiring yeah um, i very, mean clearly uh, it inspired us to do 20 episodes of a podcast on it and yeah and uh, to continue and to i think continue. that's again and you know we will be keep it going we, as we said we're at the beginning moving. we, we gonna are be we're fun. gonna be yeah. yeah it's it's been such an inspiration for us but I th- it's it I, as always i mean one of the things i look i could talk about film and filmmaking and art and and life and just you know pontificate on that stuff forever uh it's just endlessly uh, interesting to me but it also helps me refine my own views i mean talking about it here forces me to think about it more and helps me refine you know kind of my philosophy of, of filmmaking yeah. and art and i'm sure it does the same for you and um and that's kind of what it's all about and hopefully it's interesting for a handful of people out there so i'm so excited for our next uh our next episode we're gonna move forward from the lessons and go on to some new things and i'm super excited about it so yeah. all right man well as always cullen Thanks for a great conversation. And yeah, thank everybody, you. Out, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to our next uh, episode. And until then, signing off. Goodbye. All of life is suffering and you are all alone. The phenomenon of creation is the essence of life, the fire of our own evolution. Let the flame that is filmmaking carry you into the sky. Werner Herzog.